0: Back to the Ox Unplugged. When we use our tools, we make sure to use a little bit of elbow grease and a lot of uh, I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am Mr. Jaywit. I am Halian. And
2: I'm a Vulcan that is impressed. It took all of like three seconds to make a Tim the Tool Man Taylor reference.
0: Hey man, you gotta know your element, and our element today is tools.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm always in my element.
3: <laughs> is yeah. it because you are a tool? <laughs> Okay, that's that, only what like, 45 <laughs> seconds to make that joke.
0: <laughs> hey, this from the guy that fucking made a Star Wars reference within the first 30
3: seconds. Well, that's on brand, man. He's oh, he's legally obligated to, sir. And yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> just like that, we brought up Star Wars.
3: <laughs> yes, what's the most famous tool in Star Wars? It's yeah, the hydro spanner. That's the the, the most common tool in, in Star Wars. I, I thought, thought it Hydros-
1: was a lightsaber. That's, that's not what a tool. What? Only you tool?
2: you're a Jawa that got his hands on one. Wait. We're
1: not even two minutes
0: in! We're not even two minutes in! It's fucking Star Wars time! No.
3: Look, the listeners expect it, okay? All, like,
1: eight of them. You, Crispy, this is also your fault. You can't is... blame anyone else but yourself for that. I I did this.
0: <laughs> but still, it's like, God damn it, we can't escape it. But, but anyway, know.
1: if we did get lightsabers, we would be using them for welding tools. I it's just so good, yeah. so I easy. I wouldn't if be we okay, had Lightsabers, so, man, OSHA I mean, would
3: have like an entire library of <laughs> manuals specifically for lightsabers.
2: Well, see, on that note, actually, I saw an industrial application of, on Reddit of all places. Um, somebody took a standard like dueling grade lightsaber that I would play with, and he put something. Um, some sort of laser diode or something um if i were half as sober as i should be right now i'd probably remember what the fuck it was um but essentially he got his lightsaber to provide the superheat part and start to cut things And, and not necessarily like the you know plasma cutter one that we saw you know somebody making Last year, but this is a whole different concept where he's like taking the standard polycarbonate blade with its its LEDs inside, but then is adding an extra element of like Those some laser coating doing... or something, something around around the polycarbonate that's making it all sorts of crazy and incredible. How, how I'm what interested. Sort of,
1: what sort of things was he cutting? Was it like butter, metal? Really? Hmm.
2: Yeah. With
1: polycarbonate,
2: the. Like, the, that's, that's the, the base plastic. item, but he put something around it. Like, he put a different kind of coating on it that was amplifying what the light was doing with the actual blade, it was making it cutting. I didn't, I wish I could remember the specifics because I probably have, like, several people interested and will forever be like, what the fuck was Vulcan even talking about? So we do know, actually man.
1: have we do actually have something at work that does kind of cut, like, a lightsaber. And it's fucking wild every time I use it. Have you ever used a sonic knife? No, but that sounds pretty rad. Okay, Okay. it is really nice. It's just a tiny little blade that goes real loud, but you just push it up against some plastic and it just melts away. Wow! And there is nothing else that I've ever used like it. You just hold it up against it. If it goes up against metal, it squeals like nothing else. But it's really good at just... Melting plastic in very specific directions. So you're saying it's like, so it's kind of like a, like a
3: specifically for cutting plastic, right? Yes. Where so like a plasma torch is specifically for cutting metal. Yes. What, what can you cut with a water jet?
1: Anything. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's like a pressure based question, right? It's just how much water you, how much force you have behind the water. Um, as opposed to like plasma, that it's just temperature. Like if it can melt, it's melted. Sonic, the sonic knife is a bit different because it's just the metal vibrating back and forth really fast. Hmm. It's kind of like almost like a friction type thing. Yes. Yeah. So you okay. you friction melt it, and then you've just got the blade right behind it to push the uh, the material away. Okay. So
0: it's, it's so not so much sound waves; it's just a friction no. knife. You could yeah, call it's... it more.
1: Yeah, but Accurately. it's just called a sonic knife, and that's...
3: What do you cut? Yeah. What kind of plastic do you cut with that?
1: Um, we make lamps. Um, if we need to get into the lamp very carefully, that's what you can use. Because the other options are more destructive, but less time-intensive. But a sonic knife, you only move, like, an inch every five seconds or so. But you're getting through it, no matter what.
3: The slow vaid penetrates the shield.
1: Yes. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like Dan.
3: So so if we're talking tools, because that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's a very nice tool.
3: Are there any other like really interesting, unusual tools specific to things that we do? Um that the average person may not recognize or may not have ever
2: seen? Um I wouldn't say in what I do regularly now, probably not.
1: Every once in a while I get people shocked at um uh, just a, uh, a soldering iron. So, like, that is a thing that people get confused by. So, does, I don't Ooh. know if a soldering iron counts. Hmm. Do you it's know what that, that is? I mean, I've, I've used one, so okay. it's not that unusual. In my uh, opinion. We, we do also have the soldering iron that um, we've got little clampers. So you've got two soldering iron tips that you then hold it over the component, and then you clamp on with a soldering iron heat, and then it just Pops,
2: pops right off. I got one that was unusual, and that was for when I was doing dock work. We had like a square; it was basically hollow, uh, like a square band. It had a clamp, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the guys I work with, he took a bunch of shims of wood, right? And so what you would do with that is you could press that up against a piling, for example, and it would take the shape of what do you the mean piling. Sorry. So, like, a piling, so, like, for docks, right, you need to be okay. able to have, like, pilings into the ground that those are oh. basically the, the vertical poles, right? Yeah, okay. That you're going to hold your stringers on and then put your actual decking on. Okay. So when you're doing your decking, you're inevitably going to come against those pilings, and you're going to have to basically form your your deck boards around that. So what this thing did was it allowed you to take those shrimp, or those shims go around the piling take its shape clamp those together so that when you were to you know make your mark on your next set of deck board that's going to go and try and fit around this piling you could actually make those curves
1: oh so it's like the weird like ruler thing with locks on it so you just sort of form it and then crunch huh. it down
2: yeah exactly yeah. it's just an old okay. school method like one of the uh one of the electricians that i uh that I worked with, he he set that up because they would occasionally do the dock work till uh till we were doing that.
1: That's pretty fun.
3: Yeah, I've seen people use that for uh, cutting like uh molding and shit. Yes, or, that's or, where I've seen it. Or cutting flooring to fit like into corners and shit. hm yeah. Yep. Similar concept. Yes, yeah, so we the we don't have in what I do, we don't have anything quite like that.
1: Um, you did send pictures of.
3: Yeah, I've shared some weird things. plier things. Yeah, well, we got God knows all sorts of pliers. Um, mm, I love a good needle nose plier.
2: Yeah, so do like, I. Given my art form.
3: Yeah, we've got lots of different pliers. Uh, I don't know that I can find a picture of it right now, but the one thing we do have that uh, which is pretty interesting is when most of your modern eyeglasses are going to have what's called a spring hinge. Which just means that the hinge that holds the, the temples on has a spring in it, so that it's so you can spring outward some against versus versus the natural fold where it folds flat. It, the arms will spring outwards, so which so that when people inevitably take their glasses off with one hand, like that nobody should be doing, the the hinge can kind of bend and move a little bit. It just makes them a little bit more comfortable, makes them keep their shape better. Yeah. But the problem is the loop that's the end at the on the inside. Uh, where that hinge goes into what we would call the, the spatula, lily,
1: the lily pad spring.
3: No, you can't see the spring. Okay, the, sp- the spring's on the inside. But if you ever take the if you ever take the temple off your glasses, there's a little loop on the end, and that slides in between the spatula, which has it also has a hole and a hole beneath it, and then the screw goes through the top spatula through the loop in the sp- in the temple,
1: so it's making a joint. Out the bottom, basically, right?
3: It's making a joint. That's your hinge. Yep. Well, because that spring hinge, that loop is attached to a spring on the inside, it's partially retracted. So when you put those two together, it doesn't line up with the hole. Um, doesn't matter any way you mean to manipulate it, the hole it just doesn't completely line up with a hole so that you can put a new screw through. So what you have to do is there's a neat little tool where you put you put it down and you it's, there's a little little pin mounted on the on your desk. And you put the pit you put it on there and you pull it around and it opens up that hinge and pulls it out and then you take this tool and you clamp it and it holds it open so that you can just stick line it up and there's boop, pop your screw through it's the neatest looking little thing hmm. it's, a so pain it's a sort of
1: like old like setting it up is painful but like the alternative is worse
3: yes the alternative is you have to Get a friend yeah, you need two hands, maybe a bench vise, or you try to get just enough of the hole lined up that there's just a teeny little sliver of the loop poking through. And then you have to take a tap lock screw that's got enough of a point on it that you can kind of force it and wedge it down and then hope you can line it up. But again, a mm-hmm. lot more pain, a lot more, lot, lot more difficult. Uh, but yeah, it's just an interesting little tool. It's the only thing that you use it for. It's got even got like a little uh, clamp mm-hmm. on the end so that you can crank it shut. Um, nice. Like a um what are the what do they use in uh in surgery?
0: Like the vice, vice forceps? Forceps? Yeah, you know,
3: it's like the clamps where they where they, they yeah. squeeze it tight and then it locks on the backside so that you can yeah. let go and it still holds. Same forceps, thing. Yeah. yeah, forceps, yeah. It's basically like a, a big kind of uh beefier looking set of forceps that are a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially that's how it works. But oh man, it saves it's saves so much time from how we used to have to do it back in the old days
1: hmm
3: like sometimes if you can't find the right screw because whatever because there, there's no set gauge of screws for, for hinges Ooh. um so if you can't find the exact right one and the one that you need is like a little bit skinnier but you don't have any tap locks that are long like that with a point on them you just got these teeny tiny little short ones and so that you, it's impossible to wedge it through so then you got to go find like a, a a bolt from a nut and bolt set that's the right diameter. And then you have to essentially grind a point onto it to use. So you make your Ooh. own screw.
1: Oh, wow. No. You have to oh, what tap it, basically.
3: Yes. And, and which yes. sounds terrible, which is if you've, as long as you've got a hand stone, a, a grinder where you can essentially just you flip it on and verp, verp, it just takes, you know, two seconds. You can yeah. put a point on it. But if you don't have one, like, you know, I don't have a lab where I'm working now, so I don't have a handstone. then you have to do it with a file a hand file.
1: Oh, fun.
3: Yes, which is not, you know, terrible, but it's just not nearly as easy. Yeah. But that's probably the most... Other other than we have some interesting little tools that we used for if you're really bad, particularly people that have weak fingers um, that are help to help adjust temple tips. Um, but I can get into that later or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, man, in terms of weird tools that i've used um i mean i got two in mind going off of what you've just been talking about one was a a rivet a tool to put in rivets by hand um basically what you'd have to do is you have to drill into what you're putting the rivet into um to make a hole you tap the rivet in and then you put this it it kind of looks like a like a big Pair of bolt cutters with a plier on the end and a gauge on it, and basically you screw the rivet into that and pull it, and it will crunch the rivet into place. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I use that a lot for for my job and some of the stuff I do there. Um, the other tool I was thinking of, it maybe it's more of an apparatus than tool. I, I'm not sure what really the cutoff point is there. But uh, when I marked utilities for my old job, I had to find the lines underground. And for that I had a, essentially what it was is there was two parts to it. One was this box that you would hook up to the utility line you were trying to find. And the other was a wand uh, to detect the pulse that you would send through it with the box. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd have to, you know, if I had to mark out lines, I had to clip onto that and I had to follow the signal to of the line and mark approximately where the uh, utility line was.
2: We yeah. had something similar to that when I was doing electrical. Um, and so a lot of times, too, we would use that to find, like, burnout lines. We would send a, I guess, a, a charge through it or something like that, yes. and then you would use a wand to basically sniff out where the wire is, and it would give you even its depth like a relative depth so you it wasn't always reliable especially if the thing got bounced around in the truck a little bit um but more often than not it would tell you its depth too so it's just like oh your wire is you know 12 inches down or 18 inches down or something like that that gives you an idea of how far you're going to dig to find find your line and hopefully you could find your burnout too
1: but again accuracy
2: may vary and especially in the florida fucking sand
1: yeah oh you yeah have unstable ground you can't it's very difficult to figure that out that oh earthed, absolutely there's
0: like of shit in the ground like trying to find utilities in the city good fucking luck
2: oh fuck yeah that's why it pays to live out in the woods <laughs> i don't, I don't know, know because like then you're gonna be having to cut through roots and the whole fucking nine yards like that's shit true. there's nothing i dread more than having to fucking mega trench around some palm trees down here bro fuck
0: sure sounds like a fun time sounds like it's just bad no
2: it's not. What. <laughs> imagine like a full like mesh of roots that's like you're you're just gonna be sitting there fucking cutting through it
3: you, you just need a grind the
0: whole down. fucking
2: that's, time
3: that's, that's what you need a ditch witch for
0: Oh what?
2: you've never heard of a uh, ditch witch? No. I know what that is if we're going to be doing a tool cast, you best be explaining that, my dude. Yeah.
3: All right. Hold on. All right. A ditch witch is a very specific uh, type of uh, equipment that you can essentially rent. Uh, there we go. That looks like I'm dropping an image in the unplug. Imagine a little mini tank with like a motorized chainsaw on the front. Yep. That's basically super- what it is. And you just like position it in the line direction you want to dig a wit and you just drop that bad boy and you just walk it forward and it literally digs a little trench in front of you and they come in different sizes depending on the job that you need.
1: That's straight up a chainsaw. Like just. Yeah, it's a dirt chainsaw. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what it is.
2: I you mean, that- yeah, yeah, but also sometimes you have to consider it costs to get that machine out there, and some place might have regulations. And oh my God, do I hate HOAs! I don't. See, think that's it- again why it Steve pays to them. live out in the woods.
3: You don't have to deal with no HOAs. The only thing you got to hope is you stay on your property so that your neighbor don't shoot you
1: and kids you don't rocks through your uh, windows. That
3: that was that that was one time. <laughs> uh, and that'll never happen again.
1: Okay.
3: So you just, um, all you got, look, when you, you just do your yard work, carrying a 45 uh, on your okay. hip and nobody messes with your yard anymore.
1: Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there is a chemical tool that is the coolest. F- actually, what it does is it actually, it's a tricorder basically in real life.
0: A tricorder? It is
1: a, yes. It is a through barrier chemical analyzer. So what it does is you just hold it up to a material, and then it says what it is. And huh. then it can even read into bottles and says what the thing is inside. Wow. interesting. Yep, yes. it's full of farts. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you hold, it needs to be a physical object, so it can't be like a gas or anything. But yeah, you can uh-huh. hold it up to a pill bottle and tell exactly what the chemical composition is of those pills. That's pretty wild. So it's, so, it
3: not, so it's not going to tell you, okay, this is Viagra, but it'll tell you what's in the... In,
1: uh, in, a, in the Viagra, yeah. Okay. Um, basically what it does is it, ha- it shoots a laser out, an exact uh, laser, and then it reads the, chemi- the, the color shift of it, and then it can, using like, fancy algorithms, then can determine the atomic composition of that material. That's fancy. Yes, and then it can even—it's a powerful enough laser that it can go through that material into the next thing, and then read that as well. Wow, yeah,
3: I—I don't—I don't deal with fancy stuff like that.
1: No, but it is fucking cool. No, it's very cool. Like, it's you know, very it's cool like some
2: shit I'd really? play with in Space Station.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. See, yep,
0: if I had is access,
3: yeah, <laughs> if I had access to cool shit like that, like like your your little vibrating thing. I would way. so totally use it inappropriately. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like I guarantee you, so I guarantee you somebody somewhere has taken that little laser analyzing thing, gone into the bathroom, taken a dump, and had it analyze their poop. Uh you just you know it's happened. I I hate to say it, but I can see at least one guy. Yes, there's always that one guy, that one weird guy, right? To be clear, yeah, this
1: thing costs thousands of dollars to rent.
3: That doesn't matter. Somebody rinses it. Everybody goes to lunch. They leave it laying there in the lab or whatever the fuck, you know, and yeah. this, and the weird guy comes around, sees nobody's use, sees nobody around, you know, looks left, looks right, picks it up, goes into the bathroom, does his thing. Mm, I can see it. Yeah, of course it is. Speaking of inappropriate tools, what is the dumbest, like most like, I, this is probably not the right, absolutely not the right tool or the right way to use it, but God damn it, it gets it done.
0: I've used a hand saw that's been turned into a table saw.
1: <laughs> what?
0: So, yeah, it's it's basically rigged together with essentially a rector set where you st- step on a pedal and it comes up through a cut hole in this table. Works well enough as a
3: table saw. So it's just so there's just like a piston that rapidly moves the saw up and down.
0: well no, it's it's like you move it up with your foot manually. It's not like a mechanical piston that would be oh, so you're working. like manually be...
3: pumping it at your foot, so it's just going up and down yeah. like on a
1: flywheel yeah, rerp, yeah rerp, basically okay, that sounds terrible and slow it sounds like sounds like a really shitty bike yeah, so we like use, we used like, to cut
0: we don't use it to cut like serious stuff.
3: I was going to say, like, I, I think just doing it with my arm and hand would be far more efficient and easier.
1: What's well, a power are, saw? Legs are stronger, but, like, still. Well, no, it's yeah. a power saw, is what I'm saying. It's uh-huh. not powered. It's powered by you. No, it's the a- saw itself oh. in the table is a power hand saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: okay still, like... that's, that's weird, man.
0: I know no. it is. Like, oh, okay. Alright, like I, I didn't figure. Did like, make it
3: I'll yeah like wait. I was figuring some like like, you know, and I can say this because I are one I can figure it's like some sort of like redneck rigged up table where they've used like some like pulleys, you know, and some guy took like one of his kids old, you know, stomper uh, trucks They took a the little uh, electric engine out of it and somehow rigged it up with like a uh, some sort of conveyor belt made out of ru- duct tape rolled rolled and spun tightly. And uh, so that it like just through a slot that the, the saw like manually moves mm-hmm. up and down really fast or some shit. I don't know. That, that's what I had yeah. in my head. But I, I think I understand now what you're saying.
0: Yeah, it's not that stupid,
1: although it kind of is it unsafe. Kind of... It's only a little bit unsafe as opposed to massively unsafe. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh,
3: every once in a while, it, not as much now, but particularly at my previous job um for anyone that to, just to to clarify I, i'm an optician for anyone who who's missed previous episodes you know i make sell glasses repairs stuff like that
1: glasses um, doctor
3: i'm not a doctor you just work with them thank god I, I, I work with them yes um but we will occasionally get in new lenses for a frame for a previous you know Existing frame. So it's not like we're not getting the frame and the lenses complete from the lab. It's like we already have the, the frame. They're just sending us lenses. And if you're not aware, you know, plastic frames, they mount differently than like a metal frame. Metal frame, you've got a little screw on the end that's a, uh, that, it's called the eye wire. And you undo the screw. It opens it up so that you can put the lens in and then you close it, tighten it up around it. Plastic frames work differently. Plastic frames work on a compression mount meaning that the lens is always gonna be cut just a little bigger than the diameter of the eye wire of the, of the frame. So you have to essentially squeeze the lens and hope the, and have the frame kind of stretch just a little bit so that the lens squeezes in and it's the compression of the frame squeezing the lens. That's what holds it into the frame. So every once in a while, you'll get a set of lenses that are cut a little big, like you, you just, You can't really squeeze it in or the frame itself is so thick, so dense that we we also have these little electric heaters called a frame heater that you can use to heat up the frame to make it a little bit more elastic, make you manipulate it a little bit better. You just may not be able to heat the frame up based on the way either material it's made out of, or the way it's made enough without that you can manipulate it enough to put that lens in without damaging or ruining the frame. So what I have had to do on occasion is what I call my percussion mounting tool. Tiny uh, tiny hammer? No. Um, it means like, and usually I would do this when it's like a set of like Oakley plastic sunglass frames that technically weren't meant to have prescription lenses in them because they're very thick, very bulky. Yeah. So you'll get your frame, get a set, get the lens in at least one side of it in then you'll wrap it a, a shop towel around it, lay it on your, uh, your, your bench block, which is just a little piece that juts out that's covered in soft rubber. And then you take your rubber mallet. So there is a hammer. You yeah, you <laughs> yeah. whomp it and you basically force it in because you can't force it in with your thumbs. So you just be percussion mount it. And it's surprisingly effective.
1: As long as you don't make a mistake. Well, that's true crunch. of everything. Yeah.
3: I've, I have never broken a frame or a lens that
1: way. Mm. That way? <laughs> that way. Yes.
3: Oh, yeah. no, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. you're not a real optician until you've broken a dozen or more frames. That's just part of the game. You have to learn, you have to break a bunch of them to learn how not to
1: break them. Yeah. And (laughs) everyone's has a bad day then.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fine as long as it's one you sell. It's when someone comes in with one that you don't sell and you break it, then, then that's a bad time. Mm. Um, But yeah, you know, there's, believe me, there's a lot of things that you have to do in, in the lab when you're working on glasses that, it's a good thing you take them off and away from the, from the patient so that they can't see what you're doing because
1: (laughs) it's the car mechanic thing of, listen, you're not going to like what I do. Yeah. You don't want to see this. You
3: don't want to see how this is done because you're going to freak out. Like it's amazing to me how people will come in and ask for adjustments and I'll just, you know, take, okay, great. And I'll take a boom, boom, pop the lenses out. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just popping. It's like, you're not breaking it. No, I'm just popping the lenses out so I can adjust the frame and then, you know, again, because it's a compression mounting system, you have to force the lens, so it makes this weird, squeaky, stretchy, awful sound that sounds like you're just snapping glasses in half, but it's perfectly normal. You know, after you've adjusted a few thousand uh, or more, you just, you just develop a feel and a thing for it, but it just, people look at it and you can cringe and they get like all scared because they just think you're just about to snap them in half.
1: It's you know normal. the maximum tolerance of everything.
3: Yes, yeah, so I have... I have yeah. If very, very strong thumbs. Know exactly what I'm doing. Don't click that out of context.
1: <laughs>
3: I'm so clipping that out of context
1: for yourself.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I it's okay, I edit this one because if I edit this one, then I can keep that and it can never see the light of day.
0: Uh,
2: so does that mean you're gonna start putting your clips in aux out of context?
3: Well, maybe. We do have we a can, number of them. We have so many. I have so many I've had to start off. I, I have so many audio clips at this point that I have had to start offloading them onto like a separate uh, external drive because it's taking up <laughs> so much space.
1: This, oh, is, wow. this is why you got to get a, get comfortable deleting. Mm. I thought you were going to say this is what
0: podcasts do to people.
1: No, I'll do, I delete raw, but okay. I save uh, the
3: um, but yeah, I save the, the projects, but I do delete the raw.
1: Okay, that's good, because those things are big.
3: Yes, they are. That, too, is is going clipped out of context.
1: (laughs) These are weak clips. I don't accept this.
2: Oh, I don't either, especially given the thread that I have.
3: No, trust me, at some point, Maestro and I are going to sit down with all the clips he and I have pulled, and we're going to create an entire like five minute episode or so of just clips that all oh the audio God. is just going to be little drops and clips that we're going to spring together to make interesting conversations.
1: A best of, but just terrible. Yes. Best of shit. <laughs>
3: Either well, that, or we're going to, we're going to create a, uh, an AI audio bot and just put it all, give it all of our clips. We're going to have like, you know, this is audio J, you know, and you just hit a button and it'll just say dumb stuff.
2: So it's it's going to be the butt bot, just the unplugged bot, something yeah, like that. Yeah, there you
3: go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unplugged bot. That's excellent. I, it just it just spews random out of context stuff.
1: I do love butt bot. Butt bot, great. It's, it's, sometimes it's
3: unsettling. We that, need a butt bot
0: for the
1: Alex.
2: No, we don't. No, yeah, we've sure. been no. saying that since the ox was incepted, dude. Beanbot, I, we need Beanbot. We do need Beanbot, but I don't. I I don't know, man. You get you clever and sonar, cleaver and sonar on a good day, uh, if there is such a thing, and you even realize how cursed that alone is going to make that fucking thing.
3: <laughs> well, you know, obviously we, we, we should, we can, we have to program it in with certain filters,
1: fever filters.
2: Yes. Yeah, there
3: you go. <laughs> uh so Vulcan you ever you got any uh unusual rigged up things that uh, you've worked with that that shouldn't work or have no business being used the way that they're used
2: do you mean every single one of my wire wraps <laughs> um <laughs> honestly I'm just going to use this as a segue is like the, the the tools that I use which are not very many um and the, the self
1: is known to man
2: Well, so like I need flush cutters usually because I want to get, especially if I am done coiling up something or if I'm done with a weave and I need that to snug right up to, you know, where another weave is going to start or if I ran out of wire and need to continue a weave, I want to cut as flush as I can. And if I can hide that there's a transition there, I will. Um, well, then the only other things I'm gonna really use is just around-nose pliers or around a needle-nose, because I make my curls that way.
1: Um, around-nose pliers. Do you mind describing them because they're weird for anyone who's never seen them?
2: Yeah. So, like, imagine you've got like a cone shape going all the more thin towards the edge of them, towards the edge of the tips. That's essentially what they are, and I use those exclusively. Well, sometimes for rounding my weaving wire at the end of a at the end of a weave, but those are exclusively for making my curls. And as the ox has been seeing me post a lot this week, I love me my curls. I curl the shit out of my wire. Um, that's yeah, that's one do. of my little calling cards. Um, yeah, crispy, you can attest to that. Even with the make of yours, I will use curls to set tension and tension setting basically means i take the wire excuse me i have that around everything and when i go back and fold it over to the front face when i curl that i'm using that curl to do two things one aesthetic but two i'm using that curl to pull tension from the back side of that wire so that it is going to help lock the rock that i'm trying to to set there in its place um and sometimes those are very easy to just pop out and unfold and remove the rock just so that if it's a piece that I do for myself that I want to rebuild later I almost every single time I do my alarm it's that way but aside from that my greatest tool are my hands
1: sometimes it's the best tool yeah crispy are are there any weird art tools that you use oh man um (laughs) because I know artists have like high highly specialized tools and they're like I you just use a bit of dirt and you scrub it real good. Honestly,
0: nice. it, it's not so much weird tools that I have other than like, I don't know, like measuring tools or tools to draw certain shapes like curve tools. But that's not really that weird. I think it's more just like the applications I've seen tools for art used. Like uh, there was one time I went to a drawing class uh, or like a model, a live study class where you draw a model uh, And there was a guy there who was painting, but he was using the back end of the paintbrush as opposed to the brush end to paint with. I um, so. And as weird as that sounds, it, he made some interesting art with it.
3: So... um, well, that's, I was gonna say, that's part to me, of about artists, in particular, painters, where they're experimenting with their medium of using different methods of, yeah. other than brushes, of applying whatever it is, to, to, as you said, to get a different effect or to give a different look, or even sometimes to get just a different, completely different texture to the painting.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, I know, because well, I, I do a lot of my art digitally, but in terms of like traditional art and things, like I've used like mechanical pencils and things to draw with as opposed to like a traditional like set of pens or
1: pencils, or I use a ballpoint pen sometimes to sketch with. Mechanical pencils pen- are great. I do love, oh, I they love are also... me a good mechanical pencil. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. They work a girl's number two
3: Ticonderoga.
1: I have a, um, I, this is what I got from my dad. I use a Pentel 9mm P209. I've got, like, just a collection of them. Like, I go for the 0. .9mm. I like my uh, lead thick, and I can just sort of... <laughs> no, don't, don't you think that
3: that's dirty? Oh, no, I'm, I'm trust me, I'm, I'm, cl- I'm just imagining how I'm going to string these clips together out of context. Oh, this is God.
1: nothing. You've talked to me outside of online. This is, this is low tier stuff.
3: Oh, I know. I know. No, off- and, it's, and it's,
2: it's funny because like, I generally will say more. In a Discord call, whereas Halion knows in person, Vulcan is fucking silent as the grave.
3: Mm-hmm. True, not a not a big not a big talker. Just does the sling blade grunts. Just mmm. Mm-hmm. Some folks call it
2: a sling blade. I call it a Kaiser blade. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and Wolf 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 Two O Two, having hung out with him too, he's he's put it. It's you got to get me on a subject that I'm actually interested in because, like Halion also knows me on the right thing, and yeah, I will actually speak up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I could be that way as well, you know. There's times where I'd rather just be quiet, and then there's times
1: where I like to talk about stuff. For me, I am a quiet person until the thing shows up, and then I'm loud. But, like, until then, I'm just quiet, doing my thing.
3: After 60-something episodes, I think everybody is aware of the fact that I like to talk.
1: Yeah,
0: you do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh... Now, you you brought up something kind of interesting where we talked about there's weird tools and tools that shouldn't work. Everybody, particularly when you're working in certain professions, everybody's got that little jig they've put together, you know what I'm talking about, for doing a very specific task. It's like, you know what, I, this I know this isn't what you're supposed to use, or I know this isn't how, but I have created this little weird contraption. It could be a block of wood. It could be... A metal setup. It could be a certain attachment that you've added on to something, a modification. But it just makes this this thing that I do easier.
2: Yeah, it's it's less that I modified it, but I have a very fine file that's meant for grooving beads. I will often enough use that to pull wire together if I'm weaving and I'm in a very fine spot that I can't get my fingernails into or if my fingernails have got like a bunch of sand in them or something like that especially last this week where i've been wrapping on the fucking beach you want as minimal sand in your wire as possible so if i need to pull something tight i will actually use that very fine pointed file to to scoot stuff closer and tighter
1: yeah for me we use uh toothpick tools basically just like literally like toothpicking tools where it's just like a thin little touch point and it's really useful just to get in there and fix stuff a lot of times i don't know
2: if anyone else i have oh yeah it's it's a similar story with what exactly what i'm talking it's if i'm not needing to pull something together if i need to push a wire slightly through or something like that there's there's a lot of different random applications for something that's not exactly intended for that I have to re
1: I take my needle nose every once in a while where I'm like, no, I shouldn't have done that. And it's like it's bent over to sort of twist it back and be like, yeah, the the aluminum's getting worse. Oh, well, that's life.
3: Yeah, I, I've I've definitely had things like that in the past. Again, not not with my current job as much because we don't have a lab where there's certain setups like uh, one of the first things I would do when I'd move to a new location is I would go to Harbor Freight and buy me a little six dollar bench vise. You know, it looks Ooh. a little, little bench vise that'll suction cup to the counter because it makes doing adjustments and repairs, especially if you're doing drill mounts. Because if you're doing sequence or no, like looks like, it's like a, just a regular, you know, spin vise with a little metal teeth or uh, plastic teeth on the end. That's okay. got like a little suction cup mount on the bottom. You just plink, just be, put that little vise right there on the table, and then you can just put uh, have it hold a pair of glasses or a pair of frames for you so that you can, while you're manipulating or working on the rest of it, it's, it's, it's basically like a entire, like a second pair of hands. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: I, so on that note, um, I had a friend actually recommend something very similar to that for, again, for what I do where it's either you're going to tape your wires together or he will actually take a block of wood and he's got several different holes lined up for, where you would space your your base wires, as I'd call them, out to actually weave together. So that actually jogs my memory. I need to make one of those again, because, like, oh my god, keeping your fucking hands clamped when you first start to weave together, just to just to keep your wires together long enough to start that process, that shit fucking hurts, dude. I bet. So I guess that's a segue to like. What do we use to, because we know that if we do this the old fashioned way, it's just going to hurt like hell.
3: Hmm. Um, I have a few different tools at work that I use, that I have either modified or that I use opposite what their intention is. Um, most of our tools, you you've got some tools that are specifically meant for doing an adjustment. um. Or for holding something, but then you've got a lot of an adjusting tools meant for working on frames, particularly metal frames, where you have to have, you know, you think about a set of pliers, instead of two metal ends, one side will be have a big vinyl block on it. So that you can adjust without marring or damaging the frame so that you can't see because certain particularly certain modern metal frames in particular can be very thin metal. And you don't want to be messing up the finish or putting scratches in it. Or if it's plastic, you don't be like putting pressed lines in the plastic. So a lot of them will have these little vinyl things. We have one that's double vinyl. So there's vinyl on each end in case you're really having to work with something uh, gentle. I will use that when I'm trying to adjust a set of semi-rimless frames where the frame itself only goes around the top and the bottom bottom of, of the frame is missing. Instead, you have a piece of little monofilament that runs around from end to end in a loop I, the...
1: that those glasses fucking suck i hate them i'm no, sorry i had i have them they broke on me constantly
3: but it's just it's a you thing um <laughs> it it, properly adjusted properly cut properly made they're actually less problem than a regular frame because a regular metal frame has a screw and screws inevitably will get loose and fall out those you're never going to have a problem unless a you damage the you you damage manipulate it which pops the lens out or b you have it long enough that the monofilament dry rots and pops in that case that's just an age related thing you probably should have gotten rid of them already anywho long story short if you're adjusting those you're supposed to take like let's say somebody inevitably sits on them and it bends the arm down and bends the eye wire you you're supposed to take the lens out to adjust that end because you need to be able to grab and hold but that that's a pain in the butt so what i do is i use the vi- the, the double vinyl thing and i that way i can hold the lens itself and the frame at the same time without damaging either which every time i do that any of the old school opticians like want to jump out of their skin and try to i'm like i got this man i got this old man sit down boomer um Again, another reason why you do stuff away
1: from view of the public. You saying uh, that is the very funny to me.
3: I'm not yeah. a boomer. My my parents are boomers. No, I'm not I, a boomer. Yeah, he's but... he's Gen X by all rights.
1: No, no, no. Yes. I, I understand that. The fact that you go the old people here, and then you go when's the next old man cast? I've got some complaints built up. <laughs> look, there's That's there's the old degrees. man complains about old men. <laughs> yes, there's, there's <laughs>
3: yes. degrees of old people. Like, look, in my job. Most of my shift at work, the median age of the people I deal with is like 11 Okay. So, <laughs> 11-D. you know, there, there are degrees of oldness. All right. Um, but the, the thing that I fucking love that my, ma- my, my manager was looking at me the, uh, the other day, like, like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I am pimping my pad adjusting pliers, right? I'm pimping my pop, my, my pad poppers. <laughs> And and she's like, what? It's like, look, and, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. If certain frames, like metal frames, the nose pads either have a screw mount that screws in and holds them on, or it's just got a little tab that you just pop in. It just pops on and holds it on.
1: So, for well, the record, uh, Halion posted a thing that looked like pliers. One of the the plier limbs has like uh, like a little fork, where it's yeah, just two two little prong thing. fork, yep. two prong fork, and the other one is a bird beak basically yep. or just, just a little
3: yeah, yeah. just like the little flat end of a like the flat end of a screwdriver and it's supposed to go in between and what you're supposed to do is you slip the little prong the fork prong behind the nose pad and then the other side goes on uh, and pushes it, it's supposed to squeeze together and push the nose pad out well, the problem is they build the goddamn thing so thick that you can have a, it's a pain in the butt to slip it behind the pad, and then the other thing is so big it's basically the exact same size as all the little slots that the thing's in. So you got you messing around with it, trying to get it just right and just right angle. So I went and took some hand uh, files, and I filed that bad boy down, and I flattened it out, and opened it up, and so that it just slips right in there and just pops it right out. Right on. Yep, it's my it's mine. I keep it in a drawer, and nobody else is allowed to use it. Mm-hmm.
0: I to of think if I've modified any tools, I haven't really. I mean, I don't really do that kind of stuff to my tools. The ones I use on a regular basis anyway. It's more just like ways of organizing my workspace, like drilling hooks into shelves so I can hang up clipboards.
3: Ooh, that's, okay. That's, you're that's you're like talking the, like, like tool porn, where you like arrange everything neat, hanging, yeah. with, everything has its own place and stuff? Yeah.
0: I'm oh, not I'm not sure. that specific with it, but yeah.
3: I don't have a tool, a shop to do that in, but if I did, oh boy. (laughs) Although I will say at my previous job where I was the manager, we had two different racks of tools, screwdrivers, pliers, and stuff. And it Mm -hmm. took me two years. I was there 12, but it only took me two years to break every single person there (sighs)
0: so
3: that the tools always stayed in the same order, in the same way, always. (laughs) Like the tools Did you were arranged.
1: No, you I didn't.
3: No, 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 no. I didn't label them. They were just they were segregated. You know, you've got your your vinyl coated tools here. You've got your your black your uh, black handle tools here. You have got your screwdrivers here. You got your files here. And on the other side, these, 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 and everything was stayed exactly the same way in the same order all the time. Everyone knew where to put which tool back where because they were just on a little magnet strip. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, there must be organization. Every day I come into work, I feel like I'm cleaning up after my kids because uh uh-huh. all of my coworkers are just messy and chaotic and so i'm like rearranging the tool the, the these little slide out tool shelves where we keep all the adjusting tools and i gotta pull them out rearrange them put them back the way they go you know this doesn't go over here this is why is this out here nobody uses this put that away that kind of thing
1: you run like a mechanic shop for tiny things kind basically, of kind is of what yeah. it sounds like to me hmm. And yeah, I, keep getting an, those,
3: I keep getting annoyed because the frame heaters. I go over and everybody's turned the frame heaters down to baby heat. I'm like, that's going to uh, take forever. You know, crank that up. <laughs> crank that thing up. Like, I'm going uh, to uh, give me about I'll three seconds. You. I'm going to have enough heat to do what I need to do. I don't want to be standing here for 10, 15 seconds.
0: So impatient. Uh,
3: but enough I've about me. Question. Up. I I want to. We, we've you know talked what? a lot specifically about our tools. But when I think about. When you say talk about tools, the, what comes to mind is I think about my grandfather, uh, my pawpaw. He was a plumber. Um, and he taught my dad, you know, all the basic plumbing stuff and, and a lot of other like, you know, handyman type stuff, you know, some basic things. And when he passed away, he passed on to my dad all of these tools. And so you go into my dad's workshop. Well, my dad has a, has a wood shop, but he, he combination wood shop. You know, workshop and he has just crates and boxes and toolboxes of wrenches and pipe fitting tools and screwdrivers and things and all of the stuff stuff Some that's
1: of, not needed anymore
3: well actually a lot of it is still perfectly viable perfectly useful you know like you get an old craftsman wrench or socket or or even a socket set from 50 years ago it still works it's still good it's just as good as it was the day it was made um, and he passed it down to my dad. My dad has them and I, he's even passed some to me. Like I've, I've got this giant fucking craftsman screwdriver. Like it, it looks like you got something you would kill someone with, um, that I know. I remember my dad using as a kid when I was a kid rather. And that is, you know, it's now in my possession. I have a, uh, power saw, like a, uh, what do you call it? Fucking like you use, like you're going to rip two by fours and stuff. That belonged to my grandfather that my dad passed to me that I know is about is over 40 years old, but still works great. There are just some tools that haven't really fundamentally changed in so long. My dad has some, uh, hand planes for doing woodworking that are over a hundred years old that he has purchased from other people. Um, there's just certain tools, certain things, certain jobs that have never changed and, if properly taken care of, there are tools that will last multiple generations. Um, and that's just, that's where I think of Just my grandfather always had a pickup truck full of tools and things. And my dad, I'll, every time I go to visit him, he's got, just, I just marvel at all the stuff that he has in his shop.
0: Yeah, that's the way you want it, is you want tools that'll last a long time and, you know, being able to pass them on or keep using them. That's, it's definitely better than buying the cheap shit. I mean, eh,
3: I'm
1: don't fine with winging it.
3: I was going to say, I I am not above going to Harbor Freight and buying something that I know is not (laughs) going to last more than about three or four years.
1: Yeah, um, I'm fine getting, like, especially like um, the uh, electronic screwdrivers. Listen, they ain't going to last 20 plus years. It's fine. They go bad. Things happen. When they're just hunks of metal, yeah, they're not going to go bad. Maybe rusty, but that's it. Yeah, I'd rather have something that lasts personally, but that's me. I mean, given the option of would you like to have things or not have things? Yeah, I'd rather have things but better than that? Yeah, It's fine.
3: Um, It's also different when you think about, you go back 70 years if you bought a tool that was a significant investment because it was a lot Mm -hmm. harder to produce they were a lot more expensive when you when you think about it so you needed to have something quality, and you were gonna take care of it and keep it longer.
1: Yeah. Also, my job, like the, thi- the there are no tools for my job that have existed fifty years ago. My job didn't exist fifty years ago. So, eh, things come and go. It's fine. I guess it depends on job, job, and what you do for. I mean, I'd like a wrench
0: that lasts a long time. You know, for example. Yeah,
1: but it's a. Yeah,
2: that's a wrench, though. You know. Well, we all know gone are the days where Grog was able to smash rock into specific shape and be able to give specific shape rock to Griglack, and Griglack was able to give that to Chris Black, who was able to give that to Halak, who was able to get that to Whitlack. They just, they just don't make them like they used to anymore.
0: No, they don't. You know, like...
2: I, when I was a kid,
3: and when I'm, t- I'm talking like 8, 9, 10... We lived next door to my grandparents, who their farm was probably close to 100 years old, belonged to my great grandparents. And they had a, a couple of shelters where they parked some trucks under, one that just kept old equipment. But there was a work park about the size of a two car garage, and there was just ancient farming tools and everything. And I remember oh, going the wrenches in there. Wrenches that
1: could murder a man? Well, just some of
3: that and just like old, like, like, you know, pitchforks and shovels and just junk. Like you have a farm, you just collect junk because as technology changes, you have bits and pieces from 30 years ago that you can't use for anything now. Mm -hmm. But what always amazed me and, and captured my imagination was in the rafters above, like where the benches and stuff were three or four old school crosscut saws. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No. no. Okay. You ever seen like the old timey where you'd be like, they'd be out like logging or cutting and so you'd have like a big giant tree. So you can't cut it down with an ax. It takes too long. So you just take the big, long, flat yep. saw blade with oh, the big no. teeth, with the big handles, one handle on each end, where two men would stand on mm, each side and those, swim. Yeah. that's a cross cut saw. Okay. So they, they must've had like between four to half a dozen of them just up in the rafters because that was something nobody used anymore, because it would take, you know, an hour of four guys using that to fell one tree that you could take down in 15 minutes with a modern chainsaw. Yeah. So, stuff like that
1: always I thought was interesting. Yeah, I agree. I'm also the kind of person who who doesn't feel like they need the specialist of the things. Oh, yeah, (laughs) understandable. I do have the oldest oscilloscope I've ever seen, but that's also... Because I don't want to buy a three hundred dollar oscilloscope. Yeah, fuck and that. Then, then use it like a couple times for fun. If I need a better oscilloscope, I'll get one. But at the moment, for my home use, nah, I don't need anything.
3: That's like at work. We um in my previous job, the uh the the number one piece of equipment that we well not number one but one of the most important piece of equipment that we use is is a um Hammer. A, a lensometer, which is just a fancy p- machine that we can use essentially to read a pair of glasses. We can neutralize the lens to figure out what the prescription is, where the people, you know, where
1: the- Oh, okay. So if I walk up and say, I don't know what this is. Can I, can you get this? Can I get a new one though? It's not like the end of the day.
3: Like I can take your glasses and I can read it and I can tell you what is your pupillary distance? Where's your ocular center? What is the power? What is the exact power in your glasses? Yes, Mm -hmm. I can do that with a, with a, uh, a lensometer. But even though- a lot of your modern places and especially your doctor's offices will use what's called an auto lensometer, which is just they they shoot a, a laser beam through it and it kind just of sort it. of measures it. It's mm. shit for accuracy. I'm just just to be honest with you. Um, and then they've also got more modern ones that are like plastic and quick and stuff. I've always preferred what's called a, a, an old school one still made out of like you know metal and heavy and it looks like something from the 40s called a Marco. It's a brand name. Has the, the damn thing has not changed, I don't think, almost a lick in at least 50 years. It's the same exact model, but it just fucking works. It is perfect. It is excellent. And the, the, the two times that I have changed locations where I was a manager and went to another one and they didn't have a Marco, I was like, put that modern piece of shit away, and I ordered a Marco mm-hmm. because it just uh-huh. works. It just works. It just works, man. It's just like I don't like – like in the job – Nowadays, it's very common to have digital equipment like apps on an iPad or something to use to measure people's pupillary distance and seg heights. Like it's using lasers and lights and an app to like look at a person and like figure it out. I don't, I don't like those. I don't use those. I still prefer the old school pupilometer, um, which is weird because when I first got into the business a few decades ago. Uh, the old school opticians would just hold up a ruler in front of someone's eyes and do the measurement that way and they would tell you that's just as accurate as the pupilometers that we use today that so being told.
1: Her, they're, they're, they just lied basically, is what you're telling me.
3: You know, I have seen okay this has turned into my job cast, but I have seen a, <laughs> a a a I've seen a woman who had been doing my the type of work I do for like forty years take a lens clock, which is it's just a um, uh, something that you press down and it measures the curvature of a lens and it gives you, you know, angles of the curve. Mm. I've seen a person who's doing this and who's so experienced in her job. She could take that lens clock and take different measurements on that lens and tell you fairly precisely what the prescription is just for the curvatures on the lens. Wow. So maybe sometimes the old ways are still okay.
1: I prefer uh. the lazy methods. I like simplicity and I like... I like keeping things standard. Yeah. And when Spoken use...
3: like an engineer.
1: <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. God, no, if I no. could, if I could, ju- even if it's worse, if it's consistent, that's what I need. Mm. Consistent <laughs> so, results.
3: So pretty much how we do this whole podcast.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we may not be good or even getting better, but we're consistent. <laughs> that listen, that's <laughs> that is more important than anything else to me. Uh, a lot we're still going a year and a half later
0: that is you're not wrong
1: are there any final thoughts before I push the button Uh. oh thank god that's over I'm going to
0: Waffle House